Hello, neighbor. Welcome back to Mojave Memories. Stories and essays written by Annalise Cooper. Music and editing done by Cattell Byers. We're glad you joined us here in North Joshua Tree on Copper Mountain Mesa. But before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor. This podcast was created using the Anchor app. Anchor is a free podcast platform that allows anyone to record their own podcast free of charge. So even if you're not an audio engineer, this free and easy to use app makes it simple. The Anchor app even distributes your podcast for you for free. So go to anchor.fm and download the app today to get started for free. Hi, it's Annalise. Uh, The next story I'm going to read is called Shooting Hoops, um, also out of my book Memory Dam. uh, Took place about 1998. The windshield wipers were ineffectual against the torrents of rain pouring out of the ominous gray sky. Carefully, I skirted the largest puddles in the road. We were going to our 10-year-old's championship basketball game, which was probably the only thing in the world important enough to make us drive through a high desert rainstorm in our old leaky station wagon. I looked at Eric's eager face as he bantered with his brother and sister in the back seat, and I felt grateful that my car was filled with children. I remembered how in my mid-twenties, I was told by a gynecologist who had run all these fertility tests on me, that I would never have children because I had no eggs. I was devastated and very angry because I'd always wanted to have children. Soon after that, my first husband and I separated and I took up with a young blonde stud muffin who was heavily into cocaine and alcohol. I had always been very athletic and conscious of my health, but I plunged into a three-year love affair with cocaine. One day I visited my chiropractor because my body felt very strange. After carefully examining me, the chiropractor, who was grinning from ear to ear, told me I should take a pregnancy test. I turned out to be five months pregnant. It was easy for me to immediately quit cocaine and alcohol for the sake of my baby, but I felt terribly guilty about having done drugs during my pregnancy. I comforted myself with the fact that I had been told by a very reputable gynecologist that I would never have babies. So how could I possibly have known? Even so, I was plagued by terrible nightmares of giving birth to a three-headed monster. Eric's father did the best he could and was with me when I gave birth to our son one Saturday night in March. The same doctor who had told me I would never have children delivered Eric and was gracious enough to apologize for coming to such a hasty conclusion about my infertility. Fortunately, Eric was a very healthy baby. When Eric was four, his father and I separated and we came to live in this very remote part of the high desert. This was hard on Eric, who genuinely loved both his parents. He went through years of being torn between his father and me, and for a long time, he believed he had caused our divorce. Sometimes the stress caused Eric to have breathing attacks, very much like asthma. He became afraid to exert himself in any way. Naturally, I whipped myself with the guilt of knowing that I had done cocaine during my pregnancy and that this probably had something to do with Eric's breathing problems. As the years went by, I met and fell in love with Jim, 
a warm, wonderful, funny, sensitive man. And later, of course, we were joined by the two teenagers, Mary and Cody. And as a family of five, Eric blossomed. He learned to skateboard and did stunts on his bicycle, but he still hated to run. When Eric asked if he could join a basketball team, I was very surprised. Basketball is all about running, I said. You have to run your heart out to be a good basketball player and you have to jump and dodge. It's an exhausting game. Eric, who could be very determined, set his chin. I really want to join a team, Mum, he announced. I've been playing a lot of basketball at school during recess and I'm better than some of the fifth and sixth graders. I really want to try out. We signed him up at the Boys and Girls Club the next week. On the night of tryouts, Eric was very nervous, but he did well. A few days later, he found out that he'd been picked to play for the Hoosiers under coach Jeff, who was very eager to win the championship since he'd lost by a whisker the year before. Consequently, he held practice sessions three times a week. The games were on Saturdays. We drove the 60-mile round trip to Yucca Valley four times a week for three months. Basketball became a focal point for the whole family. We all went to practices as well as the games because everybody had a good time. Coach Jeff pushed his team, but he was always patient with the boys. And if one of them was injured, he was very kind. Eric tried hard, pushing himself further and further until he was running down the court and shooting hoops with the best of them. Saturday mornings were very exciting. The whole family squeezed into our old station wagon and puttered down to Yucca Valley. The Hoosiers were a very good team right from the start. As the weeks went by and they remained undefeated, a change came over Eric. Whereas his breathing difficulties had always been an excuse for Eric to get out of doing anything, now he was using his inhaler less frequently and becoming more willing to help with the work around the house. His attitude had changed too, and he had matured tremendously. I think the biggest change I see in you since you started basketball is that you like to run now, I yelled at Eric over the sound of the car motor. Eric smiled at me, his eyes very soft. Yeah, and it's all thanks to basketball, he said. I nodded at him enthusiastically. Well, for you it was basketball, Eric. For other children, it might be baseball or hockey. What I mean, Eric, is that you've discovered through basketball the fact that you live in a beautifully designed, incredibly coordinated body that is willing to perform athletic miracles for you anytime you want. There's a few things your body needs in return, like good food and lots of water and sleep, but the most important thing to remember is to live in your body with joy and spontaneous abandon. Leap, run, twist, hop, and run some more. Just do it with joy and gratitude and love all the tricks your body can do. You'll play the best basketball that way and you'll feel good about yourself. Yes, Mom, said Eric, sounding bored. But his eyes were shining and I knew he'd heard me. One more thing, I said, looking at him. You are already a champion, whether you guys win that game today or not, okay? He nodded at me and we smiled. As we pulled into the parking lot, my heart was racing. I had to be honest with myself and admit that I wanted the Hoosiers to win today's championship game. We settled ourselves into our seats right on the half court line. 
Eric came rushing over to tell us that Marco, one of the best players, wasn't here yet. And Kyle, another one of the best players, had a fever. Oh, my heart sank and I looked anxiously at the boys who were listening to Coach Jeff's pep talk. I felt ridiculously uptight and had to sternly remind myself that this was just a silly game and in the big picture, none of this really mattered anyway. When the whistle blew and the Hoosiers and the Bulls tipped off, I sat forward eagerly, yelling encouraging words, whistling when the ball kissed the basket, screaming when my Eric caught a perfect rebound or passed a perfect pass. Their teamwork was off, however, and it showed. Marco hadn't shown up yet, and Kyle was sitting on the bench looking miserable. The Hoosiers were playing well, but lacked brilliance, and I began to feel seriously afraid. This couldn't be happening. The Hoosiers were undefeated, and now we were about to go into halftime seriously behind the Bulls. Seconds before the buzzer rang, Marco burst into the room and the crowd cheered. Marco's here, we roared. Halftime was nerve-wracking. I couldn't sit still. Finally, the players walked back onto the court and I searched their faces. They looked eager, refreshed, and determined. I cheered and screamed as basket after basket was shot and the Hoosiers started playing their best. Eric raced gracefully back and forth, catching one rebound after another. Even Kyle was playing and it was hard to tell whether his face was flushed with fever or sweat. They played their brave little hearts out. And when the final buzzer sounded, I burst onto the court with the rest of the fans, screaming hoarsely, we won, Mom! exclaimed Eric as we drove to the championship ceremony later that day. We really won and I played really well. Coach even said that. The smile never left Eric's face during the whole ceremony and when it was the Hoosiers' turn to receive their awards, Coach Jeff bounced up onto the stage and eagerly began to announce the names of his team. And now let's hear it for Big Eric Thacker, yelled Coach. And I thought my heart would burst with pride as my beautiful tall son marched onto the stage to receive his trophy. He turned and held both arms up high and I cheered with what little voice I had left. After the pizza party, we drove home. In the desert sky, billions of stars twinkled while the moon still reflected the colors of the sunset. You're a champion, Eric, I said softly in my son's ear as he leaned sleepily against me. Yep, he said, I'm a champion. <laughs> oh, that was a delightful, that was a delightful story. Well, I figured uh, we needed... Did you know much about basketball? No, I, I used to play something called netball in Kenya, which mm -hmm. was kind of like basketball, but it wasn't really. Um, no, I hadn't... <sighs> I didn't know anything about American sports, really, having come here as an immigrant, you know. But um, And Eric had never been into basketball, but he, he was perfect. It was just absolutely perfect. And I think it was a life-changing moment for him. He's never looked back. He's been athletic ever since. Um, after the basketball, he went into wrestling, um, and he actually was the youngest captain of the wrestling team at his junior and high school. And he's an avid surfer. He surfs as often and as much as he can. He played water polo and he now lives down in Ocean Beach, San Diego. And literally, I mean, he'll he'll surf twice a day if he can. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. So he turned into this gorgeous blonde surfer dude and him and his lovely wife have a magical life. Wonderful. Yes. Um, success story. Success story. Woohoo! Anyway, sending you lots of sand and sunshine, lots of love, and stay well, neighbors. Thank you.